all, okay, this episode is a little bit random. Okay, it's not that random. I don't really know what I'm trying to say here, but bear with me. If you follow along the Nutrition Awareness Instagram page, you will know that in September, after a long two months of traveling and drinking a lot of alcohol, a lot more than I should have, I committed to 90 days alcohol-free. And I documented it on Instagram stories and on it through a few posts. And I decided to give a summary of what the 90 days without alcohol was like. I shared why I did it and why you should consider doing it too if it's something you have thought about before. I shared the hardships that I encountered throughout 90 days of alcohol A lot of them I hope that you could relate to too if you are nervous about starting a sober curious journey. Apparently that's what the cool kids are calling it now, sober curious. (laughs) And you can understand and anticipate some of the things that might be difficult if you have a normal drinking routine and you want to take a break from a while. And then I shared all of the positive benefits that I found from giving up alcohol for 90 days. Honestly, there weren't a lot of negatives. I can't even think of one negative, but you might perceive something that I found to be positive as a negative or maybe something that I found as a uh, neutral consequence as being a negative. So if you listen to this and you hear something, I would love to know your feedback. But overall, this podcast is simply a summary of what I experienced going 90 days without alcohol. And I wanted to share it with you in case you have thought about cutting back a little bit on how much alcohol you are consuming. And one of the biggest points I drive home in this episode, which I extracted from a video audio, so if you want to watch the video, it's on my YouTube, Dietitian Kate, is the importance of setting hard goals and following through even when you don't feel like it. A lot of the times we don't feel motivated We don't feel like we should be doing the things we know we need to do and we let our feelings dictate our actions and that is human nature, but it's not what's going to help get you to the next level. So doing something like an alcohol-free challenge or the vegan challenge I talk about at the end of this episode really helps you prove to yourself that you can take it to the next level. You can take whatever it is in your life to the next level. And this is just a challenge. It's a way to build that skill of self-discipline because I believe self-discipline is a skill. You're not just naturally born disciplined. We're human. We live in a world, a modern era that is full of temptations and make it easy to break. So doing hard things like alcohol-free challenges or the vegan challenge that, again, listen through the whole episode, you'll hear me talk about what that is starting on January 1st, helps you become a better version of you. You know, you can't grow as an individual, you can't achieve high stakes if you're not willing to go through some shit. So I did get a little bit woo-woo in this episode, as I do sometimes, but if you find it helpful, share it with somebody else. If you know somebody else who has considered taking a break from alcohol, Share this episode with them. Let them know, hey, yeah, look, somebody else who had similar drinking patterns to you or maybe drink more than you, if she can do it, you can do it too. I hope you guys find this episode to be motivational, inspirational, and educational. 
I'd love your feedback. So please share it with a friend, leave a review, whatever you, you think is really going to help the most. We don't run ads on these podcasts from companies that we don't agree with. We don't charge for this information. So when you share our podcast, that's what helps us grow. And we appreciate all of you guys so much that help spread the word about the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, who post it on your social media, who just send it in text messages to your friends. You guys, that seriously means so much to us. Okay, I'm going to shut up now and let you listen in on what it's like to go 90 days without even a little tiny sippity sip of booze. Enjoy! You're listening to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, where we firmly believe food should fuel your life, not restrict it. Each week, one of our registered dietitian nutritionists will motivate and educate you with accurate and reliable nutrition information to help you achieve your health goals using food. Whether you struggle with yo-yo dieting, weight loss, portion control, or simply just understanding the right eating patterns to get real, lasting results, you're in the right place. I'm Dietitian Kate, nutrition expert, ex-cardio bunny turned barbell junkie, and your host for today's episode. Are you ready to dive in? I'm guessing you're watching this video because you are curious about what life for whatever period of time, whether it's one week, one year, or longer, is like without alcohol. I want to share with you my experience going 90 days without alcohol, quitting it cold turkey, and sharing the ups, the downs, and helping prepare you for any obstacles that you might encounter during your sobriety challenge. I also want to share with you a lot of the positive outcomes I found, and if I had had any negative outcomes, I would share those with you too. So maybe some of the things that I perceived to be positive, you might perceive to be a little bit more negative, but just keep watching and let me know in the comments below if anything that I said that I said was a positive actually makes you feel anxious or might stick out as a negative. Before we get right into it, I'm going to share with you guys why I decided to go 90 days without a single drop or taste of alcohol. So for reference, I'm 25 years old. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist in Florida. And throughout the entire year of 2019, I'm filming this in the middle of December 2019, I had been drinking a little bit more than I used to. I'm very social and I go out all the time. But this year just seemed to be full of a lot of events that revolved around alcohol. I went to two weddings. I was in two weddings. I, and then I was in one. In two, went to one. I went on a trip to Spain for two weeks. And if you've ever been to Europe, everything there is about the vino, the cervezas. So it was beer and wine. I mean, it's easier to drink wine than it is to water. It's drink water and it's cheaper too. I also went on a weekend trip to Miami, I went to San Diego, I went to Vegas for four nights for a bachelorette party, there were so many birthday parties and big events, and basically I was just spending all of this money drinking, and then I just felt like puffy, and I was feeling really gluttonous and out of control. I was noticing that I would kind of think to myself before 
going to an event that, oh, I would only have maybe one drink or I wasn't going to drink at this event. And I found it was so hard for me to say no, even when I wanted to. And that to me didn't feel good. I was like, this is not who I am. I'm a pretty disciplined person and this is kind of going against my identity. And the very worst part was how shitty I felt the night after drinking. So the whole day or next day after a night of drinking, I had low energy. I had no motivation. I was hungry. It was hard for me to say no to cravings. And then that just kind of manifested itself into me thinking I was even more of a failure because here I am not being able to control how much I was drinking and then the next day I am I'm not doing the things I said I was going to do on my to-do list. I'm not eating healthily and as a dietitian, that made me feel pretty shitty. It made me feel kind of like a hypocrite. So I was like, you know what? Like, no, I am done feeling like this gluttonous party girl. I need to draw the line here. I got to do something extreme. So I decided to pivot, did a complete 180 just to prove to myself that yes, I do have the self-discipline I claim to have. I needed to prove to myself, not anybody else, that I can say no to the things in my life that aren't going to serve me even when it's hard. And I'm telling you, this is really important because real change within you and real cultivation of self-control and discipline is a skill that is perfected when you do things that are uncomfortable and difficult. You have to cultivate this. You have to cultivate self-control. It's a skill that you're not just born with. Some people might have it more naturally innate within them, but most of us, we have to work at self-discipline and self-control, and just like anything, it's just, we gotta practice. And I would even argue that most people aren't naturally disciplined. Maybe their upbringing kind of helped them better control their instinctual urges or their need for instant gratification. But the truth is we are human and the human species is inherently lazy and modern society really caters to our laziness. Therefore, it does a lot more harm than good. We do not want to base our decisions on our conscious brain. We might know that eating two cookies isn't good for us, but we feel like having one and we taste good, so we do it anyway. We don't tap into that willpower that says, no, you don't need two cookies, stop there. We just base on how we're feeling. And this could be on the flip side too. If we are feeling really motivated one day, we wake up just on the right side of the bed, we go to the gym and we meal prep and we clean the house because we're feeling motivated, but then when we feel tired, We have this little battle in our head and we convince ourselves it's okay to take a day on the couch. It's okay to eat a whole pizza in bed. We write a little narrative in our minds that justifies our feelings and then we just kind of behave on them. So setting a big goal like going 90 days without alcohol is hard because there's going to be times where I knew I would feel Like having a drink, I would feel socially awkward and want to relax with a drink. I knew I'd feel out of place without a drink, but it was to prove myself that even if I'm feeling a certain way, I can still tap into that self-discipline. I can still tap into my self-control and say no, even if I don't feel like it. So moderating alcohol and completely saying no to it for 90 days was the way for me to get back into the groove. 
I started on Monday, September 9th. It was the day I flew back from Las Vegas for a bachelorette party. And I, this day, was feeling very motivated. I did not want to drink because I had drank for four nights straight because I went to San Diego, then Vegas. And that was two weeks after Miami, which was two weeks after Spain. So within the past two months, your girl, she'd be drinking, okay? So I got home from Vegas. The first week was cake. Even the weekend was easy. I mean, I just told my friends straight up, I'm not going to drink for 90 days. And I would say like 90% of people were really supportive, which kind of surprised me, kind of didn't. I know that a lot of people didn't believe me when I told them I was going to abstain from 90 for 90 days because I'm an extrovert and everyone knows it. I don't stay home and I would not miss out on a, a social event that I wanted to go to just because I was sober. So my friends thought, okay, like she's going to break. Like she's not going to stay home. She's not going to be able to say no. And this just made me even more motivated to really follow through. Luckily, most of my friends were supportive, and I had a friend who was in a different city doing it with me, so she and I could kind of talk here and there when we felt a little bit stressed, but, you know, this is where that self-discipline comes in, because if you, I truly believe if you decide that you're going to do something, no matter in what area of life it is, and you announce it to the universe, and you just let it be known that, like, hey, I'm going to do this, the universe, or God, or whatever higher power you believe in, says, okay, yeah, right. Let's see how bad you really want this. Let's see what you're willing to do. And that universe is going to throw you tests. It's going to test you. And Lord, I was tested over the past 90 days. Oh man. But before I even tell you about all the tests, this is a point I'm probably going to reiterate again because it's so important. You can make a promise to your mom. You can make a promise to your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your partner, your best friend, doesn't matter. But when you make a promise to yourself, how is it so, let me reframe that. You can take a promise to any of those people and you really, you, you value it, right? Because you care about that person, you don't wanna let them down. But how is it that when you make a promise to yourself, it's so much easier to just say, eh, doesn't matter, no one's holding me accountable. I said I wasn't gonna do this or I said I was gonna do this, but no one's gonna know either way what I decide to do. And I'm telling you, that's fucked up, that's wrong. If you make a promise to yourself, it's imperative you stick with that promise. And I'm sure a lot of people might disagree with this, but I think breaking a promise to yourself is way worse than breaking a promise to anyone else. I mean, if you cannot trust yourself to do the hard shit that you say you're going to do or not do, you will never be able to achieve any high goals you set for yourself because you can't trust yourself to get it done when it gets hard. Really let that sink in. If you say you're going to do something amazing, it's going to take a lot of hard works to get to get there. You're going to have to take the stairs. And there's no elevator to the top. I heard that on a podcast this morning. I liked it. You got to take the stairs to the top. So it's hard. And if you tell yourself you're going to do it and you tell yourself you're going to do all these things to get to the top and you don't do it, uh, how are you going to achieve goals? You're breaking promises to yourself. Let me reframe this in an example. Let's say you have your owner of a company and you have an employee who said he was going to mop the floor, but then he didn't. So you remind him, you said, hey, Steve, mop the floor. And he says, okay, boss, I promise I'm going to mop the floor. And he doesn't. And this pattern keeps repeating itself. 
you are going to lose confidence in Steve's ability to follow through with his commitments. Therefore, if these were your expectations of Steve, they're going to go down to here. You're not going to tell Steve to mop the floor anymore. You're going to demote him to, I don't know, cleaning the bathrooms. I don't know. Whatever's worse than mopping the floor. And you're not going to promote him and you're not going to assign him tasks that grow the company. He's not dependable and therefore he's not deserving of a promotion and you might even have to fire him because he's not mopping the floor when he said he does. So the same should go for you. If you promise yourself you're going to clean your house, or I'm a dietitian, so I like to think of things in terms of food. If you are going to skip dessert and you go into the dinner with your family and you're saying, okay, Kate, you, you had dessert yesterday. You're not going to have it again today. You don't need it. You're trying to lose weight or whatever it is. But then you give in to peer pressure or you just feel like eating dessert or you want a piece of whatever it is and you let yourself have a piece or even just taste it you learn that you can't trust yourself to even do the smallest of things, all right? So your self-set standards are, are low. And as a result, you never change, you never grow. So I want you to think of this in the terms of the alcohol challenge. I mean, it's hard to go, you know, for me, 90 days relatively is hard. So whether it's a week for you or whether it's a year for you, that's difficult. Setting a goal like this really helps you build confidence in yourself. It helps you prove that you can do the stuff that isn't easy to do the stuff that other people's other people's that other people won't do. And this was the mindset I had to have during my 90 days. I said, Kate, if you make even the tiniest exception to drink during the 90 days, then you let yourself down. And then you reinforce this idea that you are not disciplined, that you are gluttonous, and that you can't do the hard shit. And I wasn't going to do that to myself. So this meant not even a taste, not even a little sample, not a little sippity sip, eh, nada, nothing. So here are some of the biggest challenges I went through. Because I'll be honest, during the whole 90 days, I would say 75% of it, easy. I mean, day-to-day -day life, I'm not one to come home and pour a glass of wine anyway. But there were definitely big challenges. So 75% of the time, easy. But the other 25%, I'll just tell you. <laughs> so the weekends um, were just kind of a reoccurring struggle. I like to be social, like I said earlier. So this is for somebody who wants to go, you know, X amount of days without drinking, but they're nervous it's going to affect their social life. I promise you it won't if you don't let it. I still went to the downtown area of my city and I hung out at the bar scene and I'd be lying if I said it was um, as crazy when you're sober and it's not as a wild time. So if that's what you're looking for, it might not get to the same level as you're used to. But if you have cool friends and you like talking to people, you're still going to have fun. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At pregames, I drank my LaCroix. I've always got these, you know, on deck. And whenever I went out, I would just order a club soda and lime at the bars. It's zero calories and nobody knew anything, like, 
Nobody knew that I wasn't drinking unless they knew me. And it gave me something to do with my hands, like when I felt awkward, you know, like when people are dancing and you don't have anything in your hands. It's 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 weird, but seriously, you save so much money and you don't drink the calories and nobody knows. I would say that around maybe like 11.30 midnight, I would usually head home because everybody else by then was way drunker than me, obviously, and it was kind of polarizing. So at that point, I was like, all right, like I had my time, I got out of the house, I had fun. I'm headed home, but there were lots of perks to this. I would always drive myself, so I was saving money on Uber, and I would drive people to downtown, which, you know, friendship points, and they'd usually pay for my parking. <laughs> I also never had the drunk munchies, so I could come home and just wash my face and go to bed, which is another thing, because if you're drunk, and you, ladies, you know this, you go to bed without washing your face, you highly regret that. So I was never eating a bunch of crap when I got home, no drive-through runs, and that was a game changer for me. That was a, a huge perk, and if you are trying to change your physique or just get a little bit leaner, that's a lot of motivation right there. Okay, so that was just kind of a reoccurring thing, but then in early October, I was a bridesmaid in my friend's wedding, and she was one of my best friends from my sorority back in college and we had gone on lots of trips together. We have gone to Miami. We've gone on multiple spring breaks together. It was her bachelorette party in Vegas before. So like this was my party friends. And if you have ever been to a wedding, you know that there are two beautiful words that you usually love to hear and that's open bar. So that was hard to say no to, especially because she had really cool cocktails, you know, that she picked out as the bride. And then we, okay, this was the hard, probably one of the hardest moments in the whole challenge was um, the bridal brunch. There were bubblegum martinis and I wanted one so bad, but I didn't even try it. I was only like three weeks in at, the, at this point, so there was no way I was going to break it for a sip. Now, if you found yourself in the situation where there was some kind of specialty cocktail, you could order a virgin. I didn't even think about doing that until one of the the flower girl at the table ordered a virgin one and I was like, oh. But you know, honestly, I didn't need the sugary calories anyway. I was having dessert. I just drank coffee and said it was definitely not as fun. But you know, like I said, it's hard, right? It's not if it were easy, then it wouldn't be worth doing. Like I said, you get tested when you set big goals, so you gotta you gotta hold through. So I didn't break during the wedding. And that was great. You know, I didn't wake up with a hangover. I felt awesome. Uh, hangover, uh, the other big test was Halloween. A lot of people could not believe that I chose this time of year to start a 90-day challenge because of the holidays, of all the uh, Halloween parties that went through Thanksgiving, all of those things. But here's the fact. It doesn't matter what time of year you decide to do this challenge. It will always be Hard. There's always something, right? There's always something. There's always a happy hour. There's always a birthday. There's always an anniversary. There's always something. And those, like I said, are excuses and tests. If you are disciplined, it won't matter. It won't even matter if you go to Vegas. You still say no. So I'll tell you what, I dressed up and I still went to a Halloween block party, stone cold sober. It was still fun. I had a great time and I didn't look stupid drunk in any photos. So I've cute photos and that's a perk. Also didn't do anything stupid that night because you never know who you're going to meet with a mask on and find attractive when you're drunk. And that's all I'll say about that. 
there was also a Friendsgiving that was not easy. I had brought a date to a party. This is a funny story. I brought a date to a party that I hadn't seen in a while. Like, so he and I just reconnected. And I brought him to this party. And he, to say the least, is a functioning alcoholic. And he was embarrassing me. Like, there was a whole spread of food. And they'd carved the turkey. And he picked up the turkey with his hand and put it on his plate. And he kept shouting. Anyway, he was so embarrassing. And I wanted to drink so bad because I was tense. I was stressed. My friend who was hosting the party was very clean and meticulous. And he just has like such a nice apartment. And he put so much love and care in everything. And here's my sloppy friend. And I wanted to drink and I wanted to drown myself in a bottle of cheap wine, but I didn't. So that was a win. And then to be honest, other than those major events, it was not too hard to say no. There were a few other little temptations, like when my friend ordered a flight of craft beers that I wanted to try, including a sweet potato casserole that was seasonal. It was a beer. And I was like, what? I want to try that. But nope. Or like when I'd go to dinner and everybody would order a nice glass of wine with dinner, a quality glass. You know, I just I'd take my Perrier, please. Another thing I did was go on a few first dates sober. In fact, this is going to make me sound like a harlot, but I went on like four or five dates sober. And it was nothing. It was no big deal. A lot of the guys even commented that they respected my choice. There was one guy that gave me some shit. And he, I mean, just kind of like poking fun at me a little bit. And I was like, well, dude, if you're into me, that's the wrong move because... I don't think you have my best interest in mind. You're not very supportive, so you wouldn't be a good fit in my life anyway. And this is across the board with all my relationships. Doing a sober challenge gives you a lot of clarity that people in your life who actually love you for you aren't going to bat an eye when you're not drinking. There were a few times when I'd have acquaintances give me a little bit of a funny look when I didn't want to drink or say like, you're not drinking? Why? Oh, I could never do that. Blah, blah, blah. But usually the people were, were cool about it. I would say anyone that gives you a lot of shit or who really hounds you for wanting to take a break from alcohol is probably just insecure with his or her own behaviors or relationship with alcohol and they project this by making you feel bad about a positive decision. So there was one guy who gave me shit throughout the whole time. It was actually the guy I brought to that party and he's an actual alcoholic who admitted it and surprise, he's no longer in my life. So bye Felicia. All right. So that's how it went. My biggest advice for anybody who maybe is listening to this and you're like, I am not that social. I can't just go out to a party and not drink or I feel socially uncomfortable. That's when I would challenge you and say, well, if you feel like you could never do something, why not use this as an opportunity to prove to yourself that you can? And you don't have to pick 90 days. You could say, I'm going to go out on Friday night, or I'm going to go to whatever happy hour, work party, social event, whatever it is where there's alcohol, and I'm not going to drink for one night to prove to yourself that you can still go out and have fun without being buzzed. It doesn't have to be 90 days. It could be one night. So that's just what I would say about that, because it's oftentimes the things that we say we could never do that we actually must do. Which brings me into a point I'm going to make at the end of this video. But before I do that, I want to share with you guys all the positive outcomes that happened after 90 days. 
So December 7th was my 90th day. I drank at my friend's Christmas party. I got pretty drunk pretty fast and I felt like garbage the next day. And I'm going to ride out the rest of the holidays with a few glasses of wine at a special occasion. I went to a fancy dinner and a Christmas party this past weekend, had some drinks, but really I'm going to tap back into that sober lifestyle that doesn't include as much alcohol after the new year because guys, I felt so much better. I mean, my face was so much less puffy. I felt leaner. I was sleeping so much better. So they've actually done studies that one glass of wine can actually impact your sleep. Even if you feel like it's a nightcap that helps you sleep better, it actually decreases the quality of sleep you're getting. So not do a, a little comparison. Go a few weeks without a drink before bed and notice how much different you feel when you do have a drink before bed and, and start up again. So you sleep better. Like I said, I felt leaner. My face was less puffy. I was less bloated. So if you have a weight loss goal, you can literally take out alcohol from your diet and not change a whole lot else and probably see results. Not always. Like I said, I'm a dietitian, so sometimes I see people just change one or two things and it magically fixes everything. Sometimes it has a smaller impact, but I mean, if you are eating a healthful diet, but the only thing really getting in your way is A, the calories from alcohol, and B, the calories you're eating while you're drunk in excess, you could probably see some significant weight changes from taking a break from alcohol. I personally weighed myself when I got back from all my trips and I was up like five or six pounds after all that traveling and drinking and I got back down to my baseline from not drinking after about two weeks. So I'm not going to say that's all about alcohol, but it could have just been like post-travel bloat that decreased, but it felt pretty good to just shake that off pretty quickly. Another positive that I noticed is I had a ton of mental clarity. It's a lot easier for me to articulate my words. I felt like as a dietitian who works in private practice, I was better able to communicate and listen and focus on the needs of the people I was working with because I was sleeping better and I wasn't hungover ever. Not that I was hungover on work days anyway, but I just felt like more on my game. You know, I was quick and, and, and with it. I also had a lot more energy. I mean, we all know what it's like to wake up on a hangover, with a hangover on Sunday morning and just want to move from the bed to the couch, to the fridge, to the couch, to the fridge, to the bed, to the toilet. You, you get what I'm saying, right? So I could just wake up and go about my normal day. So therefore, that made me way more productive. I also want to say the biggest, the biggest positive that came out of the whole 90-day challenge was feeling confident that I can do even more hard shit. I can do hard things that I say I'm going to do because if I can go 90 days without drinking after a whole year of binge girl party drinking, <laughs> no, it wasn't like that, but sometimes it felt that way, then I can do whatever I say. Which, speaking of, I want to share with you guys a challenge. If you're hearing this and you're like, okay, yeah, I want to challenge myself, I want to do something hard but I don't know how. I don't know how to start. I don't know if it's alcohol. I don't know if it's health related or diet related. So we are doing a 2020 challenge to kick off the new year that's going to be hard. And I'd formally like to invite you along on this challenging journey that's going to help you grow and help you build confidence. If you are like me, you eat animal products with every meal or snack. I mean, I can't remember the last time I ate over two meals in a row that didn't include meat, dairy, or eggs. 
chicken, Greek yogurt, pasture-raised eggs, salmon, and cheese are staples in my diet. And I have been known to say I could never be vegan. But like I said earlier, guys, it's the things that we find ourselves claiming we could never do that we must do to prove that we can break through mental barriers and limiting beliefs about ourselves. Now, I'm not saying if you've said you could never murder somebody that you should murder somebody. Don't take this out of context. I'm just talking about those things that other people that we admire do and we say we could never do. So this is why I am committing myself to eating a 100% vegan diet during the entire month of January to prove that I can do what I have never thought I could do before. Okay, this is going to be 31 days of rattling up your routine if you decide to join the challenge, forcing you to think about your food choices and what you're putting in your body. It will make you tap into your hunger cues. It will help you become self-aware about how food and nutrition affects how you feel, your energy. It's going to involve sacrifice. It's going to involve saying no. And it's going to be making time to be successful. You're going to have to have carve out time to plan and think ahead. And you can use these skills that you cultivate during the 31 days once you transition back into an omnivorous diet, if you so choose to, and help you accomplish even more hard health goals because you'll already be in that mindset of thinking ahead, planning ahead. So this is going to help you get into good, healthy habits. Now, this has commonly been referred to as Veganuary, but we, as in my fellow dietitian business partner, Megan, who's doing the challenge with us, she's actually done it many times before. We decided this is too much of a mouthful, so we're just going to call it Vegan January. So we are inviting you to do Vegan January with us. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be hard. It's going to be awesome. So if you want to start 2020 feeling more confident and you want to challenge yourself, this year and shake up your routine a little bit, join us. Megan Ware, the dietitian and owner of Nutrition Awareness, which is the private practice I work for, we will be active on a Facebook group linked below in the description box to support you on your journey. You're going to learn all about a vegan diet. We're going to make sure that if this is something you want to try, that you're going to do it right. We'll, we'll make sure that you are eating enough protein, that you're getting enough nutrients, We'll share recipes, meal prep tips, we'll even break through and answer questions about myths relating to both omnivorous diets and vegan diets. So if you're in the group, you'll have a chance to ask us registered dietitians questions. It's totally free, so you don't have to pay for anything, you just join the group and show up. That's the only thing you have to do. So if you're hearing this and you're like, what? I just want to let you know that I'm really nervous about it. I think that following a vegan diet, honestly, is more difficult than 90 days without alcohol. So I would love if you joined me this new year and we supported each other through this free challenge. It's open to anybody. It's open to whoever. You can be a vegan already. You can be a vegetarian. You can be a carnivore wanting to try something new. I don't care. Get a group of people together who just want to challenge themselves and do something hard. We're going to be on the group supporting you and making sure that, you know, you're prepared before January 1st and that you see the whole 31 days through. And we are in Orlando, Florida, so if you're local to the area, there will probably be some little meetups and events that you can get 
in on. So click the link below in this video to sign up. You're going to want to sign up ASAP, even if you're not even sure if you're committed or not, just because it will get you in the group and you can see what it's going to take to prepare and prep your pantry for the challenge. Feel free to ask me any questions about the 90 days of sobriety. You can leave a question in the comments below or I'll link my email and you can shoot me an email then as well. Also, feel free to ask me questions about the 90 days of sobriety. I would love to help you on that journey as well if that is something that you are more keen to try this new year. I can't wait to see you guys at the Facebook group. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, YouTube. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode was helpful. For topic requests or to apply to be a featured guest, please email kate at orlandodietitian.com. Want more nutrition awareness? Check out our blog for recipes, nutrition tips and tricks, as well as product recommendations. Our website is www.orlandodietitian.com. Dietitian is spelled D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N. This has been Dietitian Kate, and until next time, keep it real and keep it healthy.